The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The Eagles are at the podium, and we have you covered here on Bleeding Green Nation. Shout out to SB Nation, of course. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow my work at BleedingGreenNation.com. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. That's K-I-S-T. This is part two of our At the Podium Organized Team Activities Edition, also known as OTAs. First up is Howie Roseman, followed by Joe Douglas. They both answer questions about the current roster and their NFL draft philosophy. Then, after the break, you'll hear from Fletcher Cox, who talks about his role on the team and how his offseason is going, among other things. Before we get to that, I'll remind you to check out the latest BGN Radio special where me, Benjamin Solak, and Brandon Lee Gowton, may he forever reign, got together to make a decision on who the Eagles should select in the 2019 SB Nation Writers Mock with the 25th overall selection. You don't want to miss that. Also coming up later today is the QB's Go Show. We're going to be giving our final thoughts headed into the NFL draft when it comes to the draft prospects at the quarterback position, and we'll continue a series in which we look at the quarterback rooms of each division in the NFL. This time it's the NFC South. We'll probably talk some history in Game of Thrones too, because why not? It's the offseason, right? All right, enough of that. Let's go to the podium. Yeah, our goal is to try to take the best player available, try to accumulate a lot of good players for our football team going forward. And um, I think we look at it as an opportunity for not just now, but for the future. Oh, we watched you with the theme of trying to build this team from the inside out, meaning the trenches. What is the criteria and philosophy in terms of what you look for in the trenches on both sides? Well, we want guys who fit our scheme first. Uh, you know, there will be a lot of players in this draft uh, on the defensive side, for instance, who are more suited to a 3-4 than a 43. Uh, we want guys that uh, our coaches see the fit, uh, and it's got a match from a front office and a coach's perspective. Uh, but there are a lot of good players on both sides of the ball, not only in the trenches, but um, throughout the draft. How do you view this year's crop of running backs? Because there seems to be a consistent theme. There, there might not be a running back taken in the first round this year. Yeah, I think every year the draft has strengths and weaknesses, um, but you can find good players. And um, at the same token, we made the trade for Jordan because we think Jordan's a, a really productive player. He's third in the National Football League in rushing yards since he entered the league, which is a huge accomplishment when you think about the talent at that position. Um, we also like a lot of the guys that we have in the building right now, young players that uh, we continue to develop and that have helped us win a lot of games. Howie, there was a point where you would draft by need. That would that's go back a few years. But it, obviously now you draft by quality of player. When did it change and why did that change? 
we got to learn lessons from uh, our past and you know me uh, in particular I, I've been humbled by some of the mistakes that I've made in terms of uh, valuing certain positions over what's the best particular player and uh, it stares you right in the face when you go back and look at those drafts and you go hey we really like this player different position but we went into the draft saying we have to get X and um, that's why we try to take care of as many needs as we possibly can during free agency and go into the draft and just say um, we don't know what we're going to need a year from now, two years from now, and these players are long-term players for our team. Howie, when you look at the depth, sorry, when you look at the depth. No, whoa, 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 whoa. What kind of gentleman are you, dude? You cut her off. <laughs> Thank you, Howie. Um, it seems like this offseason you guys have been retooling and maybe not rebuilding, and you say you don't want to get younger for the sake of getting younger. So how do you, you take that approach now? Yeah, I think that the draft gives you the opportunity to get younger. And uh, over the next few years, we anticipate having more picks than we've had the last couple of years. But by the same tokens, we're looking for good players. Um, we just want to retool. We don't want to rebuild when we have this amount of talent on our team. We have a lot of players who are under long-term contracts, too, who, are, who should be part of this for a long time. So uh, we look at the draft as kind of separate than free agency and whatever we got on the team. And um, that's kind of how our process will be. I'm back, baby. Well, I think we're looking for versatile guys. You know, uh, Joe talked about it a little bit. We talk about positionless players in, in a league where it's a matchup league, offensively, defensively. So when you have guys, when you have offensive linemen who can play tackle, who can play guard, who can play center, I mean, Isaac's been such a huge, valuable player for us because of his ability during a game to step out and play tackle, you know, go in and play center, play guard. Um, same thing at DB, to have guys who can play nickel, who can play outside corner, who can move back and play safety. I mean, that's a huge value for you in a league that you're going to have injuries. You're going to have a loss of games to players. You're going to have players in the middle of game who are missing time. You have 46 guys on your roster. So um, those are things that we look for. Those are those traits that add to the value of the player. How you look at those first three picks you have specifically? You said earlier, you know you can't hit on every pick, mm -hmm. but the importance of really trying to nail those and make sure you can get some impact players in for this year down the line. Yeah, I think the higher you are in the draft, the better the success rate is. Um, and even the higher you are in the round, the better the success rate is. So, um, you know, we'll just stick to our process. We'll stick to our board. We'll try to accumulate as much information as we can to make good decisions. And um, I feel like we've done that in the past few years here. How much is one it's like a wind gust. There. They put us in the wind gust in the shade. I mean, what do we got? It's, a, it's all the sunshine. How much is one of those? Should work out. You're like sweating from this coming down. I think I think Gunn's secretly hoping it collapses on my head. <laughs> I'll be on TV's bloopers. It'll be great. Thank you for having my back. How much is it? Hey, this guy is going to fit on the offensive side just right for our system, or this guy's going to fit in Jim's system on defense. How much does that factor in if it gets close between the players? Fit's important. Uh, fit's important. That's why we spend so much time with these guys. That's why we bring them in the building. Um, that's why we spend so much time talking to our coaches about what they're looking for, how they view a player. I think the worst result for us is bringing in a player that you know the coaches don't see in the same way. And then we get frustrated, they get frustrated, um, so we try to minimize that. Howie, when you have a draft where there's not necessarily a need right away, um, does that make it more? Oh, yeah, that's uh, it. <laughs> is it easier to, to trade back or make trades? Like, like if you're not desperate for a position, maybe you're not trading up. I, I think the most important thing is it's your opportunity to get a difference maker. 
um, a, a really a self-made eagle difference maker where you're not signing them in free agency, you're not trading for them, um, you're raising them, you're growing them in your system. So if you have that opportunity, you don't want to pass on them. Does what happened with Russell Wilson change anything as it relates to the Carson decision? Big should I have given him two questions? You think I, I should have just let I should have let one at a time? You know, uh, 2019 draft. Howard, what do you got? Yeah. Okay. When you look at the linebacker situation, two questions. First of all, do you feel you have you have a needed linebacker? Number two, how do you grade this linebacking class? I think the first part is we're always looking to improve the talent level on our team at every position. You know, um, we win with the talented roster. We want a talented 90-man roster. We want a talented 53-man roster. Um, so at every position, we're not satisfied at this moment. That being said, we brought in some people that we think can help this team, that we think are going to surprise people. We have some younger players that are going to continue to grow. Uh, when you look at the draft, when you look at the linebacker position as a whole, it's changed. It's evolved. You have some guys who used to play linebacker who are moving to safety. The bigger linebackers now moving to defensive line. So. Uh, there is not as many in the draft as there used to be because the position has changed. A lot of times you're playing nickel, so there are only two guys on the field instead of three. So, um, you know, we look at all those factors. I think this draft is, you know, there's been a lot of uh, comments about how, how good the draft is across the D-line, but I think there's there's plenty of other positions where this draft is, uh, is good across the board. So, you know, without getting the specifics of the positions, there's probably about three or four positions where this draft is uh, really strong. And so... Um, you know, that, that shows on our board, and that's, gonna, that's probably going to play out on draft night. Joe, looking three years into your tenure here, how much of what you're doing now is you having your own style in comparison to a direct correlation of what you learned in the hobby? Um, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from Ozzy, but there's only one Ozzy Newsom, and he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. Um, so I think everyone has their own unique style, what they bring, and... Um, just for me personally, I, I've been blessed to be around a lot of great people in this business and had a chance to see how things were done in Baltimore, see how things were done in Chicago with a mixed staff and see how things are done here with uh, people coming from different uh, different perspectives and different viewpoints. And, you know, touch on something that Howie mentioned earlier. I mean, you know, we're tasked by Jeffrey and, and we're all big believers in how um, we've brought together a staff of different viewpoints and perspectives and we all come to the same conclusion. We all... We all speak our minds and we have, all have strong viewpoints, but at the end of the day, we respect each other's uh, work and respect each other's decision. Joe, recent years, you guys have drafted and were signed with uh, local running backs. And saw you at the Pro Day with um, Quell and watched right. him work. Right. Um, what did you see from him? Uh, what do you think his chances are? And uh, what was that interaction like? Because obviously, Swole Deuce was working with him pretty closely. Yeah, it was. It was a great day. You take a little field trip up north to Temple, and that's a that's been a great program. They've done a great job um, the last few years, and uh, I expect them to keep doing a great job up at Temple. Um, but uh, Quell, they had they had uh, quite a few guys that had, that helped themselves and had good days. And Quell, Quell was one of those guys, and uh, we had a chance to spend some time with him, and uh, he really made the most of his opportunity. Um, he was competitive. He was in shape. He did well. He caught the ball well. I mean, there's a lot of things that he did well. You know, the evolution has been that it's been there's been consistency, you know, within um, our staff, within uh, our group. Uh, this is year three and we've all been together. So we've gotten to know each other more. Um, 
we've gotten to see the types of players that we each gravitate to because you know everyone has a type of player that they're looking for and we've been able to get on the same page and I think that's been the most important thing over the last three years. Joe, I want to ask you about one of the Philly kids, Sierra Adderley. You know, he ran into the pro day yeah. and he didn't get to finish his 40. His hand kind of grabbed him. Right. So like, when that happens, does that impact your decision and across the board, how, how does that influence decision makers as it relates to a guy and his chances of getting pro? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, um, that's not, he's not the only case where that's happened. And there's been plenty of years where, you know, there's been talented skill guys that haven't been able to perform or run at their pro day um, that have gone on to be really good players. Um, just with Nasir, um, you know, like we were talking in the uh, media house, you know, he's a guy that's a versatile guy. You know, he's a guy that's played two years at corner. He's played two years of safety at Delaware. So that versatility should aid him. Joe, how easy or how difficult is it when you guys get close to your pick? You've got phone calls coming in, chance to trade up, trade out. How do you kind of filter that out a little bit and be able to focus on the tension? Yeah, we, we have a process where we try to make calm out of the chaos. But uh, you know, there, there, there is a lot of information going around. I mean, there's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. But, uh, you know, I feel good about the process we have to, to make that as detailed and organized of a process as can be, you know, even though it does get chaotic. You talked about um, how you have a lot of strong opinions in your room, and that's what you want, a lot of opinions. Um, when it comes down to it, who has the final say? You know, you know. At, at the end of the day, you know, Jeffrey has the, the, the most important thing to him is collaboration, and we all we all work together. You know, um, you know, how he at the end of the day is tasked with making a lot of tough decisions, and so. But uh, we all we all have the viewpoint. We all have the chance to speak our mind, and we all have the the, the, the chance to you know, not all be on the same page at, at first, but all get on the same page at the end of the day. So you guys just re-upped the guy who was a first-round draft pick in Brandon Graham. And his story to get from the early part of his days where people were like, I don't know if this is going to work out, to making one of the more iconic plays in franchise history. Can you talk a little bit about how sort of that maybe typifies the way people overreact early to, a, especially when a guy's a first-round pick? No, that's a great question because, you know, ideally uh, a first-round pick or, or really any high draft pick, uh, they're picked, they come on campus, and they shine right away, right? I mean, that's that's everybody's ideal pick, and for some guys, it's worked that way. For other guys, it hasn't. You know, we've had two examples of that, um, where guys may not have the start that they want. They go through adversity, but they're able to pick themselves up and, and come back and perform at a high level, and, you know, those are the guys you root for, you know, and... Um, you know, at some point, these young guys are good. they're gonna they're gonna be challenged. They're gonna hit rock bottom, and they're gonna have to be able to pick themselves up and dust themselves off, and and show that they can withstand the adversity. How do you view this linebacking class coming out this year? You know, I think there's a lot of guys that can that can play four downs. Um, you know, the linebacker the linebacker position has probably evolved um, a lot over the last few years with the uh, spread offenses and. You know they're they're being asked they're being put in a lot of difficult situations where, you know whatever they do they're wrong with the RPO game, um, so uh, this is this is a group of uh, highly skilled and talented guys in this draft. So we'll see how it plays out over the weekend. We'll do a couple more. I thought it was interesting when you guys talked about the gadget players now and how they've evolved in terms of restructuring the draft. How much does that alter the draft process specifically for a need? a certain style of offense? You know, I think it just, it depends specifically for, for, you know, each coordinator around the league and, you know, what they do. You know, there may be some offenses that don't that don't have 
that kind of player. Um, I think you do see more and more offices that do. Um, and so you've seen that kind of permeate through college football and it's making its way up through, uh, through the pro ranks. And, uh, you know, I, I just think, I think the value that's put on players like that, it just, it's just dependent of the, each individual team. Joe, we've seen you guys take some risks in drafts. I mean, last year, Jordan Malata, when we first met him, he hadn't even put on the helmet yet. Right. And, you know, you guys drafted him, and he took a pretty big leap by the end of the preseason. Saw that with Sidney Jones. Can you talk a little bit about the dynamic inside your draft room and taking risks and saying we're willing to take a shot on a guy when maybe other people don't? Yeah, you know, I think by the time that that decision's you know, made on draft day, I mean, we've we've – gone over probably a thousand scenarios on each uh you know each pick and you know who's there and you know what their fit is uh specifically you know for a guy like jordan um we didn't we didn't necessarily feel that was a risk because we because our coaches did such a good job in the preparation and meeting with jordan and spending time with jordan and that you know we knew we were going to have a, a good fit um with him coming in you know that being said i think everyone's excited about jordan you know based on the preseason he had but I think it's also important for people to remember that this is year two of football, you know, not just professional football, but football. And so, you know, he had a really good preseason game in, uh, in week four of the preseason. Um, and everyone's excited to see how he does uh, coming back in this offseason. So you know, everyone's excited about Jordan. Have you gotten to talk to uh, Malik Jackson, Jackson at all? And how do you think you guys will fit together up front? Um, I talked to him um, right after he signed. You know, I was excited for him. Uh, you know, happy for him, you know, most of all, and that's for anybody that signs with us, always happy for those guys. Um, talked to him this morning and, you know, we had a little conversation about just, just life, you know, just how is he doing? How's his off season been? You know, what's been going on? And haven't talked too much ball yet because like you said, we just got here. Health wise, where are you? Did you have off season surgery? <laughs> <laughs> off season, you know already. Well, but nah, yeah. Um, yeah, I did. I had a, I had a procedure done um, and, uh, this offseason, and um, everything is going good. Uh, so I'm happy about that. I'm just taking it day by day. And do you think you'll be back on the field OTAs or later than that? I mean, the goal is to be, um, like I said, you know, ready for training camp. Uh, I think, um, like I said, just taking it day by day. The doctors, all everybody got a schedule, and I'm following what they're doing, and you know, everything's going good so far. Um, and, you know, training camp is a goal. What are you able to do right now? Are you able to do any running or anything? I mean, right now I'm just, you know, focused on rehab and, um, just, you know, just um, doing whatever I need to do to get back on the field. Is it that the injury you suffered in the playoff game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just that um, when we left the game, obviously with an injury, and, and uh, that's, that is the injury that happened in the last game. How frustrating was it for you to be dealing with that, in that especially in a game that was as close as it was? I mean, the biggest thing for me is I'm, I'm never – like normally I can, um, you know, get dinged up real quick and get come right back. But, you know, when, it, when that right there happened, I had to go to the back – to the training – to the unlocked room a couple of times. And you know, my main thing was, was to finish that game. Um, and, you know, for those guys out there, I, mean, I always said, you know, I give up a limb for those guys. And, um, you know, and that's why I get so much respect for those guys. Hey, Fletch, how, how excited are you to get Vinny back in the defensive line room? I mean, Vinny's great. Um, Vinny's a really good friend. Obviously, we got drafted together, and I'm excited for him and uh, to be back here. Um, he's The thing about that, he knows the system. He knows how everything goes around here. He knows Coach Peterson. He knows those guys upstairs. Um, and now all you got to do is just dive back in and, um, and just you know, get back to where he where he used to be. You know, when he, when he was here, uh, having fun. Um, you know, winning football games and being competitive.
And piggy, piggybacking off that, Brandon's <clears throat> back as well, having that energy in the locker room. I mean, always having BG in the locker room is great because, you know, BG, Brandon is always smiling. Um, he's always bringing, you know, good energy, good um, good competitiveness, um, you know, in the, in the meeting room, in the locker room, on the field, no matter where we are. You know, he always want to challenge you, and that's the thing about getting Brandon back, and I'm excited for him also. Well, now you're saying uh, that. You, um, what do you know about uh, Jeffrey Simmons? And, uh, you know, this is a guy that um, some other drafted analysis have compared to you style-wise. Do you, do you know him personally? I, mean, uh, I don't know him personally. I've, I've talked to him. Um, I've watched him, and you know, he's he's a really good player. Um, I think that you know whoever drafts him, uh, they are making a really good choice. You know, obviously he had the the injury while he was training, but you know I think for him, um, you know, whenever he's back healthy, um, whoever drafts that kid will be, you know, really happy because I mean he just dominates people as as you see on tape. Do you see any similarities between the way he plays and the way uh, you play? Or I mean, I can see a few things. Um, I mean, um, obviously from now, from where I'm at, but when I was in college, we did some things together. But um, obviously, I think when, once he gets to the league, that, you know, he'll learn some things, that same thing I did, learned a lot of things and um, about the NFL and how to attack things differently. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he plays aggressive all the time. Um, and, you know, his work ethic, the way, he, you know, just play hard, um, I see that a lot. This is supposed to be a great defensive tackle class. Do you look at these guys at all? Are you interested in that in any way? <laughs> I don't. I don't work upstairs, man. Oh, I think I uh, the biggest thing for me is um, that's uh, to worry about and you know trust the people that they bring in. You know, no matter who they bring in, um, what position I know what their position is, they're bringing them in for a reason, and that's to help this team win. The coaching staff changed a bit. What do you know? about Phil Daniels from your time in <clears throat> these past few years and what's he give your group? I think, you know, you know, having Phil, um, you know, obviously I had a really, first off, I had a really good relationship with, you know, Coach Wilson, you know, with him coaching me in college and um, and, and then coming here, um, helping the city win, you know, a world championship. And I appreciate that, uh, him doing that. But, um, you know, and that's just part of, you know, Coach's decision and I got, I got nothing to do with that. I think, um, but Coach Phil, Daniels, just being being here with him, um, I think it's it's going to be good for the room also because, like I said, not a lot not a lot will change. Uh, maybe some drills will change. Um, it's not like the whole defense is going to change, but maybe some drills will change. The the, the way that the coaching will change. Um, but I'm excited about Phil, and uh, I mean I think everybody in the room is excited about him. As a player, as a fairly high level player, what perspective does he have as a D line coach that's unique because he's he's been where you guys were in the field. I mean, you got um, a guy that's played, like you said, for, for for a long time in the league, and you know he 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 understands you know some of the things that some of the looks that maybe you get on film are you know maybe you can do it, maybe you can't. But I think being realistic about it is is, is the realest thing that that you can do about anything in any situation that you're going through. I know you really haven't had a chance to talk to Malik about football, but what can him being next to you do for you? I mean, it can do a lot. Um, I think you know. Um, we, we got a chance to, um, you know, we're going to spend some time together and there's it's nothing that can, that can happen overnight. Um, it's just things that got to build during the season. Um, him being next to me, just learn how, learn how I play, me learning how he play, him learning how I play certain things, how he rush and I rush. It's going to take some time. Um, you know, some of those things we can pick up on, on doing, you know, in, in training camp. But most of those things, the important things I say will, will happen actually first, second, third, fourth game of the season where we actually get those game reps. The last few years you've had ends moving in a lot of times on passing downs with BG and then Bennett last year. 
uh, Malik's probably going to be that guy next to you on third downs. Does that does it change anything when you have a, a guy who's probably played more defensive <clears throat> tackle and more inside rushing than when you have him rushing aside, uh, next to you aside uh, as opposed to the ends? I mean, I think it's going to change a lot because, you know, you have a bigger body there. You know, you, you have uh, – you got a guy that, that's playing every down. Um, and, you know, with him being that, that bigger body there and more presence, um, I think with the help that, you know, he can he can really – you know, he's a pro bowler. Um, people are going to respect him also. Um, he's won. Um, he know what it takes to win. And now you just can't slide the protection to one person. Is, is the, the offseason, like, a lot more relaxed for you this year as opposed to last year? I mean, you guys were coming off the Super Bowl. You had a street named after you in your hometown <laughs> last year and everything. Like, I mean, is it more a relaxing feeling this offseason? Does it make you more determined? You know, no, I think, man, my offseason, I was relaxing, you know, no matter you know, what the situation is because it gives you time to get away from football. It gives you time to get away from the building to just enjoy life and be around family and what's, you know, what's important to you besides football. Um, and, and, and that's the things that, that also makes me happy, just being around people and just not, you know, um, when it's during the season, just it's football every day all day, every day. So I think, you know, not, none of that stuff changes because, you know, you, you, you still have a life to live outside of that. You sat in this chair this time last year and talked about Defensive Player of the Year as your goal. What are your goals this year? What are you thinking about for this upcoming season? I mean, for this team, man, I mean, I, I just want to win. You know, we, we need to pick up where, you know, where we left off last year. And, you know, it wasn't good. But I think we need to just, you know, just not shoot our surfing the foot uh, on uh, – you know, just you know, certain things that we that, that was unrealistic of us, uncharacteristic of us, I would say, um, during the regular season. And uh, you know, for this team, man, we just need to focus on us and make it about us and not anybody else. How how important is Chris Long in this locker room? <laughs> Chris is my guy. You know, uh, obviously, I'm I, I can't speak on on his behalf of of you know what's going on, but um, you know, Chris is he's my guy, and you know, I talked to him. I got talked to him yesterday, so we talked a couple times a week and. And it's probably not about football. It's probably just, hey, man, how you doing? What's going on? Um, you know, that type of stuff. But he's important to us. Will you lobby to try to get him to come back, or do you let him make that decision? No, I mean, I, like I said, man, Chris is a friend. And I don't I don't talk to him about, you know, what's going on in, in his football um, situation. Um, I think, you know, that, that sometimes that kind of pushes people away from you when, you know, you're trying to, trying to do something or help someone make a decision that they don't want to make. You said that uh, you talked to Simmons. Was that in kind of like a mentorship uh, capacity? And, and what have you come to learn about his character? I mean, I talked to him a little just during it, you know, when he was playing um, during the season, you know, just really just how he was doing, just just keep dominating, um, just, you know, just tell him what to expect within the next couple of months, tell him how stressful it was and just always just keep calm because I've been through that process and I know what it is and I know what it's like and I know the feeling. And at the end of the day, you can't control to, um, to to what team you're going to. All you can do is just expect to show up and work. As far as that mentorship, um, locally here, you've got guys like Trevon and Bruce, young players behind you. How, how do you take your role as a leader with those young players? I mean, just taking those guys and, you know, the, the main thing for me, um, just taking those guys and showing them what they're doing right, you know, then kind of bring them back to show them what they're doing wrong and what they can do better. Um, and myself included, I, if, if I'm watching a, a breakdown of a film and I'm doing something wrong, well, I don't skip over that. 
I say, hey, I should have done this in this in, in this situation. And now just, you know, I just got to teach myself just not to try to do that again. But nobody's perfect. But with Trayvon and Bruce, I mean, those guys, I mean, they came, they learned the system. Um, and, you know, they just, just got better week in and week out. And you can't do nothing but respect guys like that. Hey, Fletcher, if you look at, at, at last year, between Journey's injury, Nada was in and out of the lineup, how important is it for your production to kind of have that stable player next to you like Malik could be, and even that rotation there like you've had in the past? I mean, the biggest thing I think, you know, this is football and guys get nicked up. And, you know, sometimes you, you don't have control of that. Um, I think that, um, you know, Haloti went down. Um, you know, Timmy did everything he could do to get back. You know, his injury had to take his time. And, you know, he made that push to get back um, to, you know, towards the end of the season to help us make a push and get into the postseason. Um, you know, Haloti was, you know, he got hurt and, you know, at, at that point, you know, I know I had to kind of elevate my game a little more because, you know, obviously, you know, with, with guys down like that and you go in the game, you got to elevate your game a little more and then push the guys just next to you to be better. But, man, bringing Malik in, like you said, man, it, it should be really good for us. It's nothing that's going to happen overnight where, you know, I can just sit here and talk about it and talk about it. It's, it's a process, and we just both got to believe in each other and to get it done. You took on more of a leadership role last year. Uh, I guess it's been a kind of a, um, a process, an evolution process for you. Uh, and you've always been kind of a more lead by example than, than by words. But is that something that you're more comfortable now doing, standing up in front of the guys and talking, or do you still prefer to kind of – I mean, I, I've always been able to stand up in front of the guys, you know, but, you know, and everybody know I'm not a big rah-rah guy, but I think, I think, you know, at some point in my career that I had to go ahead and step up and, and start being more vocal and start letting guys hear my voice because it's crazy. It's sometimes, you know, well, all the time, if, you know, if I'm speaking about something, you know, and as a player and to another player, I've got his full attention. And, you know, and at the end of the day, he's appreciating that no matter what the, what I say or, or what I did to try to show him, um, just the leadership and the things that I was, you know, trying to get across. Do you do you feel comfortable calling guys out if maybe they're not doing their jobs? No, I, I go I go talk to a guy. You know, I don't want to just yell at anybody. You know, I just go say, hey man, you know, we we, we need you here or we need you there. And I think a guy respects that more than me calling him out in front of forty people. Fletch, when you look at um, you know guys at defensive tackle coming, you know, out of the draft this year and everything, you know. Like it seems like a lot of teams are looking at guys like that and get after the quarterback. Do you think like you know guys like you, Aaron Donald, and some of the other guys kind of change the perception of how a defensive tackle is used? I mean, absolutely. I think now that you know we're in this this new era of of um, you know defensive tackles and the defenses really, um, especially the way we play defense and the way Aaron played defense, um, that's to all the dominant D tackles in the league, you know, it's, the list can go on. But I think, you know, getting after the quarterback is is pretty um, pretty real right now in the NFL because a lot of teams, you know, pass the ball a lot and you need one or two guys in, inside to, to get after the quarterback. So along those lines, uh, you were obviously a high first round pick. Do you find looking at the position now that most really difference-making defensive tackles are high picks? Right. Yeah, you can say that. I can say that. But, you know, Chris Jones, he's, he's I think it was a second-round pick. He had 15 sacks, like 14, 15 sacks last year. So, I mean, I just can't say that the most dominant tackles are, you know, picked in the first in the top 20 of the draft. So, I mean, just it's all about guys in their work ethic and, you know, how good they want to be. You mentioned the changes, Fletch. Uh, uh, since you came into the league as a rookie, 
how drastically has it changed the role of just defenses in general? I mean, it's changed a lot. I mean, obviously the league is protecting the quarterback more, and you know, um, you got to be smart about it. Um, but you know, getting after the quarterback doesn't change. Um, me slowing down doesn't change. Um, the way I rush the quarterback doesn't change. I think it's all the little things that happen to want to to get back there. Thanks, 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 Thanks,